up? I'm Marquita. I'm Pooh, the big two. I'm Daisha. John, you know my body. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Pacarius Sierras. Welcome to Wednesday. We got a special guest tonight. We got the man that wear many hats. The CEO <laughs> of Fetty. <laughs> <laughs> Educational Gilmore Speaks LLC. Motivational Mondays. Uh, the community show with Educational Gilmore. Coach Wu. Educational Gilmore Learning Center. You just, just a lot. Yeah, community I'm, activist. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up. The first to meet Ellen DeGeneres. Give uh, it up. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up for my boy, Frank Gilmore. Well, man, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the introduction. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Absolutely. But why this is real dope, right, before I even get into anything, why this is real dope is because, like, me and Pooh came from the ground together. In fact, we came up under Ray. Absolutely. That's a fact. You know That's what I mean? Fact. We came up under Ray. That's a fact. And... This like it's just so dope when you can when you can vibe with people in your generation. Absolutely. And 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 when you can vibe with people who seen the transformation. That's why everybody always yeah. be like, yo, I'm so proud of you. And so and I'll be like, all right, I'm happy you proud, but like you proud, you only seen the good stuff. You know what right. I mean? Y'all ain't yes. see the turmoil. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Y'all ain't see the stash still or the snotty nose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like y'all ain't see all Word. that. So Word. that's why this is so dope. Marquita reached out to me. You know, that's my own girl. Absolutely. You know what I mean? She reached out and she was like, "You a cop?" I was like, "Yeah, you already know. You ain't. I don't even know why you gotta ask that. <laughs> just tell me a time in the day or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm up there. So this this is just this is real dope, man. Um, again, thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. Um, for Thanks those for of you, coming. yeah, absolutely. Those of you out there don't know me. Um, Frank Educational Gilmore, man. And the reason why I go by Educational Gilmore is because I credit education with my rehabilitation. You know what I mean? So everything I do now. And my life is from an educational standpoint. Every decision is based on is based on education. You know, I weigh the pros and cons to to all the decisions I make. You know what I mean? And I believe that once one educate himself, they they can you know make the best decision for themselves, man. Right. And I'm just out here doing the work, man. You talk about multiple hats. You know, it's multiple hats, multiple outfits, multiple pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You just got to do the work, man. And right. the reason why I go so hard, they're like, yo, I don't understand. Like, you you be everywhere. You in everything. You doing everything. Somebody got to do it. Yeah. Not only that, that somebody had to do it, which is true, but, like, I just feel like I'm so indebted, you know what I mean, to my community. It's because of me, like, that people not breathing right now. It's because of me, people doing 20 scratches right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I know the influence that I had on certain people. You know what I mean? I know they ain't here to be fathers to their kids. And, like, for me, from a conscious perspective, like, that way heavy on my conscience. Wow. So I'm just trying to, you know, get right with myself before I get up out of here, man. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. But tonight, you know, we have multiple questions for you. Um, I would like to start off with the, um, with the first question. Okay. So my first question to you is, is, how did the change come about the streets to the coach to the activist? Oh wow, man! If I told you it was a blueprint, I'd be lying. <laughs> the um the change from the street came really when I was in prison. Um, I pretty much been in jail my entire life. I did juvenile life. I was in like every program as a juvenile, you know. Then I was sentenced to 120 months in state prison when I was 
19 years old or 18 or just turned 19. And I remember when I was in a courthouse and the judge was telling me that if I didn't take this offer, that I could possibly be facing longer than when I was born. And I was like, what? Like, what the hell? Like, that's crazy. So I get sentenced to 120 months, right? And I'm locked up. And I'm very observant by nature. You know, I just observe things, type of individual I am. And one thing that stood out to me is that everybody who was coming home kept coming right back. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't understand why people was coming back. I know they don't like it here because it's not a pleasant place mm-hmm. to be. So I'm thinking in my, in my mind, I was like, well, I shift my whole paradigm. Like from that point, my primary focus was not getting home. My primary focus was staying, staying home. home. You okay. know what I mean? So I was just figuring out a plan. Like, how can I stay home? How can I stay home? And I vividly recall I was in a law library one day because I was trying to get my jail credits because I had, I had like five, ten with a fives, ran consecutive, three, three flats, a four flat. And what does that wow. mean for the people wow. who don't do no time? We don't know nothing. Else. Wow. <laughs> what does that, that mean? A lot of money. Yeah, well, when you well, when you get times ran um, concurrent, yeah. you know what I mean? That just means that everything is starting on. together. Okay. You know what I mean? So I had five, ten with a fives, you know what I mean? Uh, a three with a five, three, four flats, and a uh, three flat. So I was in the law library trying to get my time, making sure they allocate all of my um time, and they was giving me a hard time. So I was in the law library, and I was reading some, and it was like um, seven out of ten inmates can't read or write on grade level. And, you know, and I was like, man, this shit is this is not fake because I had my high school diploma, you know what I mean? So I just took for granted that everybody at least right, got right, their right. high school diploma. So I was like, man, this ain't true. So I was like, let me try this. So I'll go around and I ask people like, yo, what grade you finished? They'd be like, nah, I dropped out in the seventh. I dropped out in the fifth. Wow. I ain't I ain't even I went to one year of high school. I was like, well, can you read? Nah, man, fuck reading. I don't really not read like that. Wow. And I was really blown away. Like, what? Like, y'all not a read for right. real? Right. Like you playing? Like y'all. So once I found that out, and then I found, I was like, there's a clear correlation here. Um, for the most part, everyone who's in, in jail ain't going to college, and everyone who's in college ain't going to jail. Right. So I was like, man, well, I got to do something. I was like, so I'm going to enroll in college courses. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I know that the number one common denominator amongst everyone locked up is the lack of education. Right, right. So I was like, well, if I want to give myself a fair chance, then why don't I educate myself more? So I began the education process, and from there, I just took – I was – I would take so many college credits in jail. I took the same class two and three times. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's when the transition, it, it began right there. And the thing about, well, with me, the thing about education is, like, once I learn something, I'm eager to learn more. Yeah, right. You know yeah, what I mean? Hungry, yeah. And it wasn't really that many, you know, productive books to read. So I just started studying a dictionary. And I just gained a fascination with words. Like, I would literally just read the dictionary, man, every day. Just read the dictionary. And I became so fascinated with words that we we would play Scrabble. And I would tell my opponent, like, yo, if you don't know what the word means, you can't put it on the board. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that's where the transition um started at for me right there. Okay. That's that's what's up, man. And kudos to you and and even building that because some people don't even even think that far, you know what I mean? Or even have, I think, the exposure to think that far or just see that that's in front of them. But my question for you in reference to you being from Jersey City, born and bred, how do you feel like it's a benefit from you being from Jersey City? What's the benefit of being from Jersey City? 
Um, I think the a huge benefit from Jersey City is that Jersey City is the biggest small city in the world. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We I have it. literally everything in here. Mm-hmm. And I've been traveling a lot these last about 24 months, two and a half, two years. Mm-hmm. And like Jersey City is just, it's like extremely big in this small melting pot. It's a six borough. Yeah, exactly. It's very diverse. For real. <laughs> diverse is an understatement, man. Like, even within, like when you talk about diversity, you talk about different ethnic groups and stuff like that, right? Let's look past that. Even within the black community, you can look at the diversity from within a black community. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very diverse. So being from Jersey City is a huge uh, benefit, man. Jersey City essentially gave me that adaptability mentality. Mm-hmm. That's why I could literally go anywhere, anywhere. and just fit in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I remember one of um one of my good friends. Uh, she's a judge in Hudson County. Uh, shout out to Judge Maynard, and she's like, um, Frank, you have you have that ability to you know to, to just adapt to every every surrounding, like wherever you go, right? You know, you can adapt, and I credit that, you know, to growing up in Jersey City, mm-hmm. right? Mm. I think that's maybe one of the reasons why you're able to touch so many people because you're relatable. Mm-hmm. People are able to relate to your story. And they feel that. So when it's coming from something that's real and genuine. You gravitate to it. Yeah. Exactly. That's just like, I mean, imagery is everything, right? So (laughs) I was in college, right? uh, One of my boys said he was going to be a physical trainer. And he won. He got the certification. And I'm looking in my head like, but bro, you out of shape. You big as hell. I don't think <laughs> nobody going to be taking no advice about physical fitness you from someone who they look at. Like, well, you ain't even taking Take your, your own advice. advice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> you got to um, you gotta understand the demographic and what you're dealing with. And I know for me, for my line of work, man, this is like the the first time where where a background benefits you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having a criminal record benefits you because mm-hmm. right. without a criminal record, not saying that I can't do the work, but I'm not as credible. You know what I mean? Somebody could be telling a kid like, yo, you shouldn't be telling drugs because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And they'd be like, ah, oh, about that. But then when I come in there, I'd be like, little bro, listen, man. Right. This is what's going to happen, blah, 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 third. They going to go back and tell your homies like, yo, man, y'all wild, man. Coach Wu said, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One time I'm talking to a kid, we had a... um a meeting, it's me, the care manager, the family, the therapist. Right. And we're talking, and I'm telling the kid, I'm explaining it to him, like, listen, there's only two ways out, definitively. I'm telling you there's only two ways out, and I'm breaking everything down to him. And then, like, within five minutes, he's like, you know what? You're right. That makes sense. And the mom just lashed out. Well, like, I've been telling you that for the last four years. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, you're not, not speaking his language. Right, Who's right, saying right. Exactly. How and how you it? saying it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, you know, your presentation coincides with your representation, man. Absolutely. You know? That's a fact. Well, I have one last question. No, only one question one, per one, person. One, 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 one more question. One more question. No, because I respect what you do, and I, I, and I respect when it's organic and it's real. And like you said, kids respond to things that they can be like, you know what? He been where I'm where I, where I'm trying to go, mm-hmm. so he can kind of navigate me. And sometimes that's what they need to be like, give it to them raw, not just say, "Hey, this is the statistics for X, Y, and Z." But when it's put in front of you, he face forward, you got the experience, and yeah. and you're qualified to tell them, "Look, 
Like you said, this this is the only options you have. Mm-hmm. This is where you going. So in reference to your advocacy and how you've been moving, I mean, I don't know if I mean all the people that's watching, you follow him. How, how where does that begin for you, and like where do you see yourself going as far as that? It sounds political for me, but um, no, that's that's what's crazy, man. It's like because like I ain't have a blueprint. I just wanted to come home, mm-hmm. get myself together. Be there for my oldest daughter. Shout out to my oldest daughter. I'm going through it now. She's 16. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage life. Oh, man, yeah. But um, I just like, man, my only promise to myself was not to do what my my dad did to me. I'm not going to do that to my kids. And that was essentially not being there. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to be there. So I started out with that mindset, just being there for my kid. And then feeling sorry for kids whose parent wasn't there, namely right. their dad. So my advocacy, my advocacy was along those lines. And then people just started to gravitate towards the movement. And before you know it, you know, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. And, you know, it's going from 500 viewers to 300, I mean, to 3,000 viewers. Mm-hmm. Some shows, 18,000. Then I'm looking at analytics, you know, 30,000. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. You know right. what I'm saying? Because it's, it's a need for this type of advocacy. Because some Absolutely. of the times people advocate because there's a bottom line interest attached to it. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I tell them all the time, like, yo, listen, I take away. My wife be bugging. Like, she's like, man, you be out there. I'm saying with these kids more than you be with your kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? But that just comes from a, a a place in my heart where it's like, man, I just want to do. I just feel sorry for any kid who grew up without a parent. Period. But mainly without a dad, especially mm-hmm. for young black boys in America. Right. To grow up without a dad, man, and because as humans we yearn for that. Yeah. That approval. That right. acceptance. For sure. You know what I mean? Right. So if you looking up to someone. You you just gonna do you're gonna do whatever you think they approve of. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what we see right now and that's currently plaguing our community. So I mean, my future, I I can't really t- I mean, by by nature, be, be, the the rules or how politics is played, I really don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm 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 beginning to understand it. And and my boy put it to me like this, and it makes sense. He's like, listen. Politics are what they are. Either you gonna be involved, mm-hmm. or your lack of involvement is going to affect your decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, because politics is going to affect us every way. Whether you were part of it, or whether you were part of it or not, Absolutely. you know what I mean. So now I'm of the mindset. Well. I might as well be a part of it. Be a part of the change. Yeah, be a part of the change. Right. But I'll tell you one thing, man. Coming from the street game and going to politics, man, I have never yeah. seen something yeah. more corrupt, yeah. immoral, yeah. cutthroat okay. cut <laughs> than politics, man. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. Where is it? You know how that go, Marquita. But with everything you know that you have going on, do you have anything coming up? you have any projects going on? Oh, yeah, man. I don't know if I could let the hat out the bag. I don't know the producer might be mad. But hey, man, forget it. Yeah, we got the um, we, we got, got the drop exclusive. Yeah, okay. we got uh, we got an exclusive. We Rock. got we. I don't know if I could be saying this, man. <laughs> don't get in trouble now, though. Look. Say it, plug it. Now nah, I'm just gonna say it, man. We got the um, we got the documentary coming out. We got the book hey, um, okay. 360, okay. the educational Gilmore story, man. All right. Okay. And oh man, yo, 
we gonna get a copy that documentary gonna be crazy absolutely that goes okay. without saying you keep asking me questions you know the answer to <laughs> she just want to make need sure you to get yourself you together sure. young lady <laughs> so yeah man the documentary man is is 360 man and the reason why it's it's, it's 360 is because some people are like yo you made a 180 i was like nah because when you make a 180 you turn your back on the people you was once faced no mm. i'm making a whole 360 and i'm taking back. all the knowledge that i learned on that course of that 360 mm. and bringing it back mm. right to where i started from right you know what i mean so be on the lookout for that documentary um is coming the book is coming I've been touring the country like crazy these last couple years, man. From nice. California to Seattle to Atlanta, Colorado, I just been working. I just been all over, working. man. Just so working, has COVID man. slowed you down a little or no? Well, you know what's crazy, man. The God's honest truth about COVID, like COVID has benefited me like crazy, <laughs> yo. <laughs> on everything, and I. That's what I'm saying, and you know, a lot of people. Rightfully so, you know, we lost a lot of people. Rest in peace to everyone we lost. A lot of people lost their jobs, and I understand that. But I'm just saying, me personally, yeah. from a personal perspective, COVID had benefited me, man. It had benefited me in several ways. Um, the biggest way in which it's benefited me was, like, it slowed me down. Because, I, like I told you, I'll be up sometimes 5.30 in the morning working, working. Right. And a lot of times I wasn't really paying attention to detail to my own kids. But when COVID happened, I got to spend more time mm -hmm. with my kids mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. Well, and talking to my little daughter that's five years old and the stuff that she's saying, I was like, what, when you learned that? Mm -hmm. Her mom was like, no, she been knew that. Like, you've been <laughs> so busy. So, I mean, COVID had really helped me out a lot. It, it really didn't affect me um, financially. I really didn't lose out on anything right. uh, per se. Um, although I did have to return a couple deposits for speaking engagements. But, I mean, it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, I need this assistance. Right. So, I right. need to do that. You know what I mean? But COVID, COVID have been a blessing in disguise, man, for me. Okay. Okay. Question. Well, I got one quick question. Man. Like, the youth probably want to know, like, they probably intrigued by, like, your story and everything. You went to college. You got a degree. Mm-hmm. And what? And um, entrepreneurship and uh, communication. Okay. Mm -hmm. And communication is is like what we doing right now. Yes, right. yeah. It's like what we doing. So basically like a lot of kids, like especially where we from, don't know like what to go to school for. And, mm -hmm. that's, and that's why I asked you that question because this communication right here, what we doing right here, and business is business. I, I, that's self-explanatory. Yeah, I think I think we gotta, you know, contextualize uh, this, I don't know, this ideology that if you don't go to college, um, you're a failure or something oh, no, like no, that. No, 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 You know what no, I mean? Because no, no, a lot no. of times people say, I mean, don't get no, me wrong. No, I'm pro. No. I always tell kids I that, mean, listen. college is not for everybody. No, it's not, exactly. for, it's not for everybody. I used to be the biggest advocate for college, no. and now I'm not. No. After, you know, I'm, I'm a college graduate, but no, I don't push like that class, on kids. Right. No, I don't. It's not college is not for everyone, but in the same breath, anyone can go there. Mm -hmm. Don't be deterred. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't let that, because I ain't going to lie, like, the first, when I went to Rutgers, like, my first semester, like, I just was, like, extremely timid, intimidated because when, you know, you do introductions and everybody talk about what schools they came from, and everybody's like, they came from Rutgers Prep and St. Peter's Prep yeah. and all these preparatory schools and, like, all these big-name schools and people from all over the country and stuff, and I was like, I'm from Jersey City. 
Lincoln. High school. I'd be proud I to in, say I went to Lincoln. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I was proud to say it too, but I'm just looking like I don't really necessarily think it was really intimidation. It's really a, a, a awakening that you know people prioritize school more so than we do in the urban areas yeah. in right. Jersey City. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But then after that, I flipped it. Like I put that chip on my shoulder. I was like, I right, all y'all from these prep schools, right? I'm from Jersey City. I'm from Lincoln High School. I was in special education classes, right? Now I got a chip on my shoulders. Now I'm outperforming everybody. Right. So that was the one. That's what really got me by in college, man. I was like, I'm not letting anybody in this university outwork me. Right. No student is. I'm going to go above and beyond on every project I had. And mm-hmm. I, I was thankful um, to, to come up through the Mountain View Project where they gave ex-offenders a second chance. And in the Mountain View Project, they had... Uh, certain courses that were program friendly. Mm-hmm. So if you take these courses, these professors know your situation mm-hmm. and they're more lenient towards you when it comes time to oh, grading wow. you. So I was like, what? I was like, I don't want them classes. Right, yet. that's not a benefit exactly. to you. That's why I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm not taking no classes that know I'm in a Mountain View program. I'm like, I'm not taking them classes just so I can maintain my GPA. I'm like, no, I'm going to take all the classes outside the teachers mm-hmm. that don't know. You know what I mean? Because I wanted them to treat me like I was a regular, regular college student. student. I didn't want you to give me no incentives or you know, give me no breaks or whatever. Like, nah. If y'all Because how do, do it, you learn if you if you're not corrected? You yeah. Or if you don't get that D. And all that You know what I mean? Or you say, look, if your paper ain't marked up, you be like, oh, I gotta and go all back that's and make some be change. In the documentary? Yeah, all that all that's gonna be in there, man. So you got a testimony, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But when yeah. this documentary and your book come out, you know you gotta come back. No, definitely. And, I'm definitely you know, going. I'm definitely going to come back. You know what? You know what? What we got on the table tonight for the educational guild? <laughs> Get into that topic. Whoa. AKA Utang. Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's going. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't privy to that. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was about to say. That's. Oh my goodness, man! He told my late words. Oh my goodness! I know y'all showing y'all age right that's now. Man. Man. <laughs> it's a blessing. Oh, age. It's a blessing. Hey, hey, on everything. What? It's a blessing. So, Marquita, what's the topic for tonight? Tell me what. Um, Let's get his opinion on this. How do everyone, you know, how do you all feel about white couples adopting black children? Wow, man, that's... Who y'all want to go? Who want to go first? Look. <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm I think in, in light of Ray's uh, experience I, I and with I life... I and, his, you, and his black <laughs> and white outfit. Just throw me, throw me out there. Word. Me? Um, I don't have a problem with it, but I have a big problem with, like... I saw a couple, I don't know the name, they name or whatever, a couple white people that got little little black boys and talking about they gender f- friendly, they can be girls. So they dressing them as girls and they only like six, seven, eight years old. Wow. And I, I have a problem with that. I don't like it. I'm going to just, you know, jump out the bag. Oh, Jesus. It, I'm not racist, at least I don't think. But I don't like when white couples adopt black children. I feel like it does black children a disservice to grow up in a white home because it's like you have nothing to relate to. You are being taken out of your, like who you are. And it's just, I just, I don't know. I lived in New Mexico, bunch of white people that didn't like black people. Shout out to Mexico. Maybe I am a little racist. I I mean, I I don't know, but I don't like it. I don't don't want to say racist. (laughs) 
Well, it depends. Like it. You, you, she can be racist in in a context and where. Which Based on one, her experience, no, which I ain't no, you can I be racist like in a context in which one run lo- one which one loves his race. Yeah. But you, well, that's you know not, that mean? don't make you but, racist. That make you pro black. Yeah. that's you, it. You, you can be pro black and not be racist. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pro-black. what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like so, white people need to stick to their white kind. People. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I do. Well, I'm on. I'm on the other side of that. Okay. I feel like black. I think it's okay for white people or other, I'm not just going to generalize it to only white people, but other races can adopt black kids. And I think it's okay, but I just hope that in turn, when they do that to understand that they have a responsibility to be culturally aware of the plight of that child that you are raising, that they don't share the same skin. They don't share, they're not going to share the same experiences that you may have. However, you have a responsibility to to educate them about black history, to educate them about... But they don't. I feel like that's we, your responsibility they, look, as a parent, not even just as a white person or in general, as a parent, that that, that is what you should do. It's like people... That's a question. Go ahead, I'm what's, sorry. What's black history in America? Black but, history exists in America. Is it did, in, no, in the, out, not, So what did you learn about black history in America? You learn now. I'm saying in school. Oh, so whatever you, had to teach whatever me. you learn, that's the only way you're gonna get it. You, yeah, because <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Whatever you learn is what white people probably learn, and they don't know. I don't it, so think they so. can't teach it. At that, at this, in this day and age, we cannot rely on that. That that old. Uh, I don't know even it's how cliche. to put it. Cliche. Of saying that the information is not there. That doesn't exist anymore. And to go back a what little... What are you fuck, talking about? No, I'm, no, I'm saying I'm saying that you cannot use that excuse as we, it's not in a, a textbook. Okay, so we're in the era right now We're in the era right now out, where that out, is that information out, is readily available. Let me, let me speak, please. We're in the, okay, time out. He's always cutting me off. Because you, I like because you don't shut up. <laughs> Neither one of y'all shut yeah. up. But they go we, at it all we, the time. But do, yeah. but do you see we're in the era right now where Black Lives Matter. White people act like they don't even understand that Black Lives Matter. <laughs> not all they white understand people. No, 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 I'm not putting everybody and in. And those and, people ain't adopting black kids. I have yeah. a comment. Though. Can but, I read a comment? It you don't know that. Yeah, yeah, finish about. up, finish up, and finish. then you go. Let me finish because, all right, like they all lives matter. What about them white people? Like they probably look at, grew up, and think in life like it's nothing wrong with that. So how are they going to teach a black person how to be black? They are never. They will never understand what we go through, and that's why I'm gonna go back to what is it to be black. I'm gonna go back to a, a subject that we probably went to. And that's why I say we should like stick with each other first and then branch off. Like, so I want to be with a black woman because she understands what I'm going through. Right. Like, I can't be with a white woman because we get pulled over and she'd be like, what, 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 what's, what's wrong? Just cooperate. Yeah. Like, just listen to what he said. <laughs> and, and we're not joking. It's just she probably can't relate because she, like, which, what are you doing? She don't Leave have the alone. same insecurities you, you or fears that so we have. So she wouldn't understand. So how can they teach a little black kid? They they wouldn't know. And I, I'm not even for telling my kid, oh, when you get pulled over, stop, uh, turn the light on, make sure. 
You you putting fear in like that shouldn't be there. That's not fear. That's information. But it is information. But we shouldn't have to do that. You don't. But that's the world we live in. Because white people don't have to do that. So we not free. Uh, We need to be liberated, and we need to come together and get liberated, and and then we can deal with the rest of the 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 country and races. Marquita. I understand that. Just a quick question. Um, comment. Sorry, from Melissa on Facebook. She said. White people do adopt white people. When a white family or any family adopts black children, it's a special thing. Our children are least likely to be adopted. Exactly. They often just age out of foster care. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. That's what I'm like. I if guess. you understand Which the is statistics true. Yes. that, I, I, that I mean, is honest. It is, it is truth. However, I still feel that, well, I, I mean, I still stand on feeling like I don't like when white families adopt Black kids, because yeah, they're doing this special thing, getting the black kid out of the, you know, the the system. the system. But it's like the the token, or it, it's like you know, no, it's just. I tell you, uh, I tell it, you I like just, this. It don't sit well with me. I tell you like this. Um, I know, growing up in foster care, right? Being in foster care, that's a lonely feeling, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very lonely feeling. I also know how I feel to be with people that's not my original family. You know what I mean? While it's not that fulfilling, you know what I mean? It is more than a lonely feeling. Um, I guess for me, man, um, I don't have a problem with it. So as long as though there's stipulations put in play. One, this white person must be informed and be very culturally sensitive because there's trigger points that, Mm -hmm. you know, that that affect a black boy different than it affect um, a white person. And that's just the reality of it, you know, in the the climate in the country we live in. But I'll say this, that all skin folk ain't kin folk. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It was a white man that gave me the opportunity to go to, it was a white man. I don't don't even know this guy. He live in the middle of America. And he invested all his time and money into educating black and brown people. A white man that went to bat with the president of a prestigious university and said, no, I don't care if they ex-cons. You're going to let them on. You're going to get them a second chance. Mm. You know what I mean? So I just want, and even with the uh, the Black Lives Matter things, we've been out here protesting for the Mm. last, I don't know how long, those white allies are on the front line. Mm. You know what I mean? So in essence, you can essentially make the argument Either way, whether you think that it's culturally appropriate for a, a white man to adopt a black family, listen, I'm for a safe haven despite who is the who's the you know what I'm saying person at the head of that uh entity because it comes it's gonna come a point where that individual is going to seek validation outside of what the parents tell them anyway. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like man, yeah, my dad said this, but let me go and find out. Let that's me go and kid. find exactly that's right. any human. That's growing up. You're gonna want to be enlightened. You know what I'm saying? I'm man, I'm 30, what, 36, 37. I was born in 82. I'm 37, <laughs> I think, right? <laughs> 37. You know what I mean? And I don't really know my dad's side of the family. And I'm just now really like looking into that. Okay. So imagine for a kid, the void, you know what I mean? I just hope that one, that 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 white person, and I don't even like to say white because white is more of a mindset. You know what I'm saying? You just say descendants of Africa or descendants of <laughs> European or Europe or something like that. But you know, if that um if that uh European descendant, if he's like he's knowledgeable and he's not negligent in his parental skills and things like that, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with it because you have you have I agree. black people 
Or yeah, African Americans out here, you know what I'm saying? That's like worse, yeah. they're not even aware of their own damn history. Yeah, that's the and truth. That's why I say, what you right. learn in school, they don't you know teach I mean? you their history. Like, I so. agree. I agree with you completely. It's just if you take the responsibility to take on a child, just, do the work. You got to take on you that got, whole you gotta, child. You got to yeah. take on every, even <laughs> if it, if it was because it's the same way when. I mean, I don't know if people watch that show, um, Many Pretty Little Fly- Fires or whatever. That was a, one of the storylines in there where this white woman adopted this Asian child. And the, when the mother was trying to fight to get her back, she's like, she can't teach her anything about being Asian. Her dolls don't look like her. But this white woman was was doing all of that. She was doing all. She was incorporating dolls that look like her, okay. so she can see that representation. Yeah. Right. So and and that's important in that any child. Important. You want to see something that looks like, like you. you. But that goes to speak to it goes to who the person is. Is yeah. I'm not gonna put that under an umbrella of. Oh, oh if no, you're not no, black, no, you no, can't no, raise no, no black no, kid. No, no, if you're not Indian, you oh, can't raise an Indian oh. kid. If you're not Asian, nah. you can't raise this kid. If you are in, if if you in that position and you want to adopt kids. I say kudos to them and do and do it with your heart and do it, you know, do it right. Love is genuine. Do, yeah, right, just do it the right. Love is and, and, I mean, because right, you're absolutely right. People are out there collecting checks for these kids. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, it's big money in foster care. And they doing it for the image. What like, family wouldn't want a black child? Look, you know, we sprinkle that season. Nah, but, but we it so was, dope. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, so I know. Like, like, come on. She was about to raise a good point. It was a white family who. Um, had a black child or whatever and you know they got the cameras recording because they giving her a gift and in the box is them basically saying that they want to adopt her you know she starts crying she's you know happy about it but it's like if they the little girl was show? white they not going to do they all of that yeah. you know so it's like you know it just it didn't sit who, right with me. It didn't sit who, right who, with me at all. Who have a lot of black ch- um kids? Oh, Madonna. Madonna have a lot of black. Kids. Oh yeah, Madonna. Yeah, Madonna yeah, have yeah. like three, four black kids. It's, and Angelina Jolie. Yeah. She yeah. wants to my native country. She has country, a nation Africa. of kids. Yeah, yeah. She got Asian, yeah. African, Ethiopian. You know, like it's it's a bunch of. Right. And I and even all right. Let's talk about celebrities. Tommy Davidson, the you know the funny guy from In Living Color. Uh-huh. He was raised by a white woman, and he yeah. said, "That's my mother." Yeah. yeah. That's it. And he said, "This woman loved me, and she and she, but she was very candid with him and said, "It's some things that I'm not going to be able to teach you as a white woman, but how you go out into the world and do it as a black man." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and she said, "Look, I, and I'm at a disadvantage there." But I'll do everything in my power that I can do to be your mother and be that person. Everybody yeah. need that person to just be like, I just need you to be my mother. Once you love someone, man, like you yeah, just, love, you yeah. you going to make it work. You going to go above and beyond. You know what I mean? Shit, real. a dog will be able to yeah. raise them. The dog love you enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tarzan was raised by the, the gorilla. Hey, man. That's what they said. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, Veda said, um, hey, Veda. She said, if you're a great person, you can raise anybody, white, black, or purple. If your heart is there, that's all that matters. Right. Right. I second the love. Hey, I Veda. Agree. I, I agree. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, this week agree. was a good topic. You know, thank you for, uh, you know, our special guest for coming through. Daisha. Hey. Oh, we going to wrap it up? Yeah. Who, who always r- real listen? That's right. But this is definitely a, a good topic. We appreciate Woo. 
and Educational Gilmore, yeah. Frank, <laughs> Coach, all of the hats that you wear. Thank you for joining us. We'll be sure to plug you on all of our um, platforms so people can link, like, follow, and subscribe. All of everything that you have going on as well. Be sure to follow Pacariously at Eyes on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And we will see you all next week. Thank you for joining us. Remember, when you look good, you feel good. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>